And welcome back into BetQLU. We're with you every weekend, breaking it all down, whether it's talking about change in college football, now that they're in the midst of the offseason, or what's going on in college basketball, as there is another big slate of action this weekend to get into. Alongside John Martin and RJ Choppy, I am Chris Mack, and you've got us locked in here on your Odyssey app or however you get your podcasts, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download it today and take us with you. We will get to some of those big weekend matchups in just a moment. We'll give you our best bets as well, but we didn't have a chance to talk about this yet, guys. Wednesday night, first and foremost, UCF comes back from 16 down against Texas. Not just UCF comes back from 16 down against Texas. UCF comes back from 16 down against Texas in Austin. Longhorns fall to one and three in the Big 12 in their final year in the Big 12. And then, apparently, as they're getting ready to walk through the handshake line, some of the UCF players started throwing the horns down towards the crowd in Austin, to which Texas head coach Rodney Terry threw a little bit of a tantrum, called it classless, uh, blew him up in the postgame press conference. Um, and in fact, telling some of the players while he was still in the line, that's classless. Don't do that. Expletive deleted, we'll say. Um, and then on, on the follow-up, Johnny Dawkins, UCF head coach, said, I don't know what was going on. I, I didn't see it, but hey, uh, sorry for whatever happened. Um, it, first and foremost, John, if you're Texas, don't lose to UCF at home. Don't do that. And second of all, don't get all bent out of shape over a stupid hand gesture. I'm sorry. All apologies to everyone in Austin who considers horns down like some kind of goofy form of hate speech. It's not. It's something that players do. I, I remember them similarly losing their minds when West Virginia football players were doing this a couple years ago. Um, can we can we grow up just a little bit? Like, what are we doing? Huh. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is pretty simple to diagnose. I mean, this is a... Uh... This is a coach that is losing. This is a coach who did lose. And this is a coach who didn't like that, uh, you know, the opposing team was celebrating that on their home floor. Well, best way to prevent them from doing that, Coach Terry, is to not lose on your home floor. It's really that simple for me. So I usually never have any kind of energy for situations like this. Um, I don't think it's classless at all. I mean, I think it's part of the game. Um, I think it's part of what makes college sports so great. You know, we're not dealing with, you know, 35 year old men. We're dealing with, you know, practically kids. And I don't really think it's Rodney Terry's place to tell Johnny Dawkins kids what to do. Um, yeah. whether you like it or not, like if you want to have, if you want to call Johnny Dawkins after the game and you want to say, Hey man, you know, I just didn't appreciate that. Can you, you know? If you want to do that, man to man, that's between you and Johnny. But to whine about it and cry about it on the post game, um, I just thought it was weak. I thought it was weak all around. Um, you're just you're salty because you lost the game, Coach. I mean, you can try to masquerade and act like it's about this character, and uh, I just thought I thought it was you know you can try to dress it up however you want. But at the at the end of the day, it would have never happened had you won the game if you'd have just not blown the you know, 16-point lead. So I have no energy for it. I think Rodney Terry looks like a clown when he does stuff like that. Uh, and it's I would do the same thing. I, if I was an opposing team 
and I win at Texas, I'm going to do the same damn thing now every time. He's just guaranteed that. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, I- I'm doing it after I hit a three right in front of their bench. <laughs> uh, I don't even have to win the game. I could be down 30, and I'm still going to do it. Uh, you know, like, that. that's what's going to happen. That's the real. Like, like, honestly, like, what is the difference in Texas doing the horns up when they do something versus the other team doing the horns down? There's no difference. It's a gesture uh, that plays into the school that is playing in the game. It, 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 there's no difference. I've never understood why they get all bent out of shape when someone does the hordes down on them. It makes absolutely no sense. And and, I, and, I, and it bothers me when the conference uh, trying to put a stop to it in the football. I, it was it was dumb. Like let them if you're gonna you can't let them do the horns up if yep. you can't if you don't let them do the horns down. You know, but beyond that, I think college hoops, college sports in general, yeah. mostly college basketball. I don't feel like this has been the case in college football, but in college basketball, a lot of these coaches have always felt that they are teachers, teacher coaches. You know, mm-hmm. college football has always been more about the wins, the losses. The college basketball is too. College basketball's had this weird Bobby Knight teacher coach relationship thing going on for decades. Uh, you know. Coach K was big on this. You see, all these coaches were losing. They high. They were big on this, and and now and that's just out of that's just out of date. You're not a teacher anymore. You know, like Mike Coach K going up to other kids' players, other teams' players. Jim Beheim go other other teams' players. That's just out of style now. It's out of date. You're you're an old man, and 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 stop doing it. Let the other coach do it. John's right. Call him up after the game. Tell him what's up, and then go from there. Don't get all mad and bent out of shape because some kid did the hordes down. Yeah, this isn't a high school gym class. I, I I don't know what we're what we're trying to do. You're there to win basketball games, and if you don't win basketball games, get back with your kids and figure out how you're going to win basketball games. Not what you're going to do if somebody throws up a stupid hand sign. It's just mm-hmm. it's totally irrelevant to the fact that they've started the season poorly in conference play. Big games happening uh, in multiple conferences this weekend. Saturday noon Eastern tips include Marquette St. John's, Creighton at Seton Hall, Baylor at Texas, which. Whew, only one, Ken Palm projected line has that just a one-point spread. We'll see if that's how it comes out. Um, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern tips, Iowa State at TCU, which should be a good one. Bama, Tennessee on Rocky Top. Purdue at Iowa, uh, Saturday at 6, BYU, Texas Tech. Saturday at 8, I mentioned earlier, UConn visits Villanova. And Saturday, 8.30 Eastern, Ole Miss at Auburn. Uh, any of these jump out at you, John? Because the ones that I see immediately are – if UConn only has to lay one at Villanova, I get it. Big East road game. Anything can happen, but I like UConn there. Um, even if their only loss this year is on the road in conference and their road uh, conference games have been particularly tight. If they're laying anything less than four, I'm all over it. Uh, Baylor laying just a one at Texas as a possibility too. Um, those are the ones that jump out to me. And I honestly just, I think the best 2 p.m. Eastern game above and beyond Purdue, Iowa, Bama, Tennessee, I think, could be a really good one, too. Tennessee, if they're only laying three. Yeah, I actually agree with all the ones you called out. Not to not to sound lazy here, but, I mean, those are the games that, that sort of speak to me. I mean, I, I watched UConn mm-hmm. Creighton. Um, you know, <clears throat> I um, I have to stop fading UConn. I got to stop. I've lost yeah. an ungodly amount of money fading that team. Um, I think I've done it maybe nine, ten times since last March. I've lost every single time. Every I think I'm 0-10 betting against UConn, mostly because like they 
covered every game in the tournament. So that was like six right there. Faded them last night. Thought Creighton would show up. They did not. Um, and so like I've got to I've got to stop trying to do that. Um, even if Creighton, even if UConn doesn't cover, right? I just can't fade mm-hmm. them because it doesn't work out for me. And I'm mentally at such a breaking point with them um, that mm-hmm. I, the only thing I could ever do is bet on them at this point. Um, so I like UConn. I think UConn, you know, would they, would they have Klingon in the lineup? They are pretty much impossible to stop. They're not that much different from last year. Caravan's in the lineup. They brought in Cam Spencer. Tristan Newton's back. Klingon's back playing a bigger role. So when he's healthy, I love that team. I still think they're undervalued a little bit at uh, 10 to 1, basically. You can maybe get 12 to 1 some spots on them to win the title. Um, and then there, the other one you mentioned, um, there was one other one you you mentioned. Maybe it was Baylor, Tennessee. He had Baylor and he had Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, Baylor, I, I think yeah, Tennessee, if that number does open at three, it's not going to last very long at three. Um, that will go up pretty pretty soon, expeditiously. I think that will probably close at four and a half, five, maybe even. Um, I want to say Tennessee was in a pretty similar spot against Bama as a three-point favorite last year, and they uh, they won and covered and, and dominated. So I like Tennessee a lot uh, at three or even four. I think they roll Alabama. Yeah, look, I'm with you guys on all three of those. I mean, I think the Tennessee at number three is a little bit low for a home game. Uh, you know, yeah. Bama's Bama's good. I think Bama's a good team, but man, Tennessee's a really nice, a really solid team at home. Uh, the, the the two that I just don't understand, and and I'm almost well, I'm almost thinking of staying away from them. I don't get Baylor and UConn just being one point favorites. I, I don't understand mm-hmm. how that would be. Though that makes absolutely no sense. It's it's screaming sucker bet to me. I'm gonna do it. I'll do it either way because I, it's just it doesn't make sense. Uh, but I'm scared to death of that. Now I get it's a road game, and we've seen over the last week a lot of teams lose tough conference road games. And you know UConn and Baylor are not going to be immune to that. You know they're gonna they're gonna drop road games here throughout the course of the season. Um, I just don't know if Texas is in any position right now after what happened with Rodney Terry to be beating a solid Baylor team. Um, no, you know, especially if, especially if they roll out that zone and Texas can't shoot for a little bit. I mean, that that, that they can get away from them early. Before we wrap up here, boys, let's every once in a while we like to do this. Uh, if any of your best bets uh, include the NFL, throw those in as well. Maybe give people just a thought if you do have a, an NFL bet you want to throw in, as well as let's let's get uh, come on, let's get crazy, let's get ballsy, let's let's throw our final four for the NFL playoffs, who we think will make the uh, conference championship games as well. It doesn't have to be something you're going to bet on necessarily, but best bets and a touch on the NFL. John, I'll let you start. Uh, my best bet is uh, is Baltimore minus – I got it at eight. I'd still play it at nine. I know Marlon Ooh. Humphrey's out, um, but uh, too, uh, too much love for CJ right now, and he's amazing, but I just, I, it's too much, too much love for him. Um, in a spot where Baltimore's coming off the rest and they're not catching anybody by surprise anymore. Um, so I like Baltimore minus nine. Um, give me San Francisco. I think San Francisco covers. I've been riding the Packers, but I think this is where the ride ends. So I do like San Francisco here. They're just dominant when they have all their pieces. Um, let's go. Um, let's go Detroit minus six and a half. Uh, that's the one I'm probably least confident in. And then I will say uh, Kansas City finds a way to get it done as usual against Buffalo in the postseason. Oh, baby. Uh, this is a teaser weekend, man. 
This is a teaser yeah, is. weekend. I like ball. I like Baltimore at, at nine. But this is a if you if you tease Baltimore, San Fran, Detroit, and I would tease Kansas City, not Buffalo. I would tease Kansas City. What you, you would get them at eight and a half. You're getting Detroit wow. at a half point. You're getting Baltimore at three and San Fran at three and a half. I think you got something there. Uh, yeah. I, I, I also think you can get a team good team total. Detroit's first half team total is only thirteen. That seems pretty low. I'm, That's a good offense. I'm, uh, so I'm with, I, I would do that four-team teaser. I'm with you on all those except Kansas City. I think I'm officially out on the Chiefs. After watching firsthand the physicality of the Buffalo secondary last week, um, you know, I just don't know what that's going to do to Kansas City's wide receivers. Uh, Mahomes on the road, too. I don't know. We'll see how that but goes. But they're banged up. I, I mean, one, they, they, were, they were great until they, until they left the game. And then Mason Rudolph started carving them up. They, I mean, they that, do have injury concerns. That, I, I'm not gonna yeah. lie about that. Like if 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 Kelsey and Rice can feed in the middle of the if they can feast in the middle of the field, I think they've got a chance. But as it is, after watching the way Buffalo handled things, even despite those injuries, granted against Mason Rudolph, not Patrick Mahomes, I feel okay yeah. about Buffalo. I love Tampa. Uh, to at the uh, giving them six and a half, given Detroit yeah. secondary and how much Tampa's secondary has improved uh, in the last two and a half months. Like it. you guys, I, I like Green Bay and Houston as well, especially if we tease them down off those nine and a half numbers. Harbaugh eleven and a, eleven and six against the spread all time, coming off a bye. That's something to consider as well as those three hoops plays we gave you a little bit earlier as well. We'll be back again next week to do it all over again. We'll talk hoops, especially as we really start to feed into the meat of those conference schedules alongside the fastest typer in the West, RJ Choppy and John Martin. I'm Chris Mack. Thank you again for joining us here on BetQLU.